Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, got a huge day. And that'll be the case as we go into the night. For the next couple of hours, you know, I've always said that I enjoy the offseason more than the in-season, and, you know, it's for a variety of reasons. The number one being everything isn't measured with wins and losses, and around here, it's been just terrible as of late, with the Jaguars losing five out of their last six, but I did not expect it to be like this. This is crazy. I mean, this is nuts. Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll in the course of the last couple of days, not to mention Mike Vrabel, you have eight coaching vacancies in the NFL, and others believe that Bill Belichick could go to a place that currently has a head coach. Maybe it's a playoff team. Uh, Do not know. All right. The college game, it's a carousel. Florida State fans right now. On the edge, wondering, is Mike Norvell on his way to Tuscaloosa? Uh, Football Scoop is pretty good with this stuff. They just came out with a report less than an hour ago saying that it's down to three uh, three guys, uh, Kalen DeBoer, Mike Norvell, and Tommy Reese. You know, Tommy Reese was the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, came over this year and controlled the offense in uh, Tuscaloosa for Nick Saban. They, They are pretty good at what they do. Uh, There have been reports all over the place for Mike Norvell today. Uh, Reports that he was in Tuscaloosa. Reports that he was the leader for the job. Reports that he was going to take that job. I I read somewhere that it was imminent. Um, I was told that at 4 o'clock today, he held a meeting with his team to talk about off-season conditioning. Years ago, they used to call it mat drills. I don't know if the NCAA stepped up and said you're no longer allowed to call it mat drills or whatever it may be, but that's what I'm told is going on at Florida State. They have had a huge couple of days with the transfer portal, and that comp- uh, continued this afternoon going out and getting uh, Terrence Ferguson, who was the third highest ranked interior offensive lineman out of Alabama. It's the third player they've gotten now out of Bama. Uh, that is coming to Florida State. And Norvell tweeted that. He did so at like 3.58 today. It was right before his scheduled 4 o'clock meeting uh, with his players. Richard McCullough, the president of Florida State, came out today at 5.29, so that's about 30 minutes ago, and saluted and celebrated Coach Norvell for picking up another Coach of the Year award last night, where Mike Norvell had... Plenty of great things to say about Florida State. Could he still leave and go to Alabama? Yes. Do I think he's going to leave and go to Alabama? No. 
I just don't. And, you know, you can't put yourself in anyone other's uh, position as far as figuring what's right, what's wrong. Simply said, it's Bama, okay? It's Alabama. And if he goes, who'd blame him, right? I mean, this is truly one of college football's gods. Uh, Forgotten is Mike Dubose. Forgotten is Dennis Franchoni. Forgotten is Mike Price. Forgotten is Mike Shula. I mean, they're all gone, right? It's no, it's Nick Saban now. It's winning national titles. And if you don't win a national title, it ends up being a disappointment. They can pay whoever it is, whatever the going rate is, and then some. That's not going to be an issue. This is an old school blue blood with old money. You know, others can't compete. Alabama, very rich. Incredible, incredibly wealthy. But, but I also have to look at the human side of this. And again, for most, if he left or if he leaves and takes the job, again, you're just going to put a period after it and say, I'm crying out loud, Blue, it's Alabama, okay? You have to go. It's a chance of a lifetime. I would just like to believe there's some human decency here, right? After everything that happened, he has to be aware of the connection that he has with his team and what he has with his fan base. And everything that possibly could have gone wrong in the month of December did for Florida State. We don't need to go over it again, being left at the altar, the snub. We've done that. We're all aware of it, right? And whenever anyone posts it now, uh, the others out there in – uh, social media, whatever, they're always going to respond with a with a 63 to 3, which, which is fine. You can do whatever it is you want. But does Mike Norvell really have it in him personally to say to these people, after the propaganda of ESPN, after the snub and what happened here with the Southeastern Conference, to go ahead and join them? Watching Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler jump up and down and grab one another. I think Fowler put a tongue in the ear of Herbstreet and, you know, it was fourth and 31 against Auburn. They, they were literally, I mean, they looked like, uh, it looked like sorority sisters at Florida State when I was going to school there, dancing at the first. You know, they were like schoolgirls. They were so excited. Mike Norvell had to have seen that. Mike Norvell has to be aware of what is happening in Tallahassee. The problem is Florida State doesn't have a loud enough voice, right? Alabama has a loud enough voice. That's the scary part of it with Mike Norvell. I mean, Nick Saban cried bloody murder a year ago for being left out of the college football playoff when Alabama had two losses, okay? Not one, but two. And... He took such advantage of his media opportunities. I mean, it would be like, uh, hey, Nick, how does your defensive backfield look so far on Campy Buck? And I got to tell you this. We were favored in three out of the four teams who made it into the Final Four. Aren't you supposed to put the best teams in the college football playoff? Damn it. We were robbed. And he's brilliant. Okay? I talked about this yesterday. 
He knew how to control the media. He knew how to send the message to his team and to everyone else out there, including the college football playoff committee, unlike any coach we've ever seen. He had everyone thinking, hmm. You know, no one remembers TCU winning in the semifinal, do they? They just think of TCU getting blown out in the final. How many stupid comments were made about that this year? Oh, we don't want another TCU. With four, TCU won their first round game in the playoffs, but people forget about it. And Saban set the message, ended up working for Nick Saban. So is there possibly a way that, that Mike Norvell can be so bothered, so disappointed that he's thinking, we got royally screwed. And my university, my school led the way towards that screw job. The unforgivable comments by by the bot, including Drew Weatherford, who came right out and said, you cannot compete for a championship at Florida State. And Drew Weatherford even admitted when he spoke recently when they said they are in the process now of of filing and doing everything they can to get out of the grant of rights and get out of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Drew Weatherford said it, if you watched. He never thought that they would be in this position. He never thought that they would be 13-0 and and have an opportunity to play for a national title. So Florida State's leaders made the bed for Mike Norvell to get left out, okay? They created it with their words. I still think Mike Norvell's a better human being. If he left and turned his back on those folks, on his team and his fans, he's evil, okay? Not bad, evil. There's no other way to say it. It is the biggest slap in the face that anyone could ever give a school. And frankly, I don't think Mike Norvell has that in him. I think he's a better human being. We're not talking about Jimbo Fisher here, okay? We're talking about a better human being. I want to believe that with Mike Norvell. Now, everything I just said, The scribes across the country and rivals everywhere are just simply going to say Alabama, period. And everything else you added in there, Blue, doesn't matter, okay? Pay him what he wants. He's earned it. We've all forgotten about the four-game losing streak. We've all forgotten about not playing to prevent defense against Jacksonville State. We've all forgotten that, right? I, I have forgotten the... Many, 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 many of you who were asking me a year ago during the three-game losing streak, what was the buyout for Mike Norvell? I've forgotten about those of you who wanted him fired after. We've forgotten all that, right? He's gone 24 and 3, or I guess it's uh, 23 and 4 in his last two years. He won 19 games in a row. And the combination of ESPN propaganda and poor leadership by Florida State put them in the position where they weren't able to play for a national title. Is Mike Norvell above that? Is Mike Norvell a better person than that? I tend to think he is. And I tend to think he's going to stay in Tallahassee. Time will tell. It's still wide open. I mean, I... I'm not coming on right now saying that it's confirmed, it's a done deal. He is remaining at Florida State. Something could break tonight. I mean, sooner or later, there's there's got to be some information. 
right? You can't keep this cloud huddled. And, and, and by the way, it's more damaging for Alabama than it is anyone. Remember the whole pursuit of Norvell? Which, again, I talk about poor leadership. That was awful leadership there by Florida State. They allowed Norvell and everyone to keep this thing under wraps because the whole world couldn't wait for that rematch between Memphis and Cincinnati, right? I don't even know what conference they're in. (laughs) I mean, you know, you had all these people telling us it was Bob Stoops. I'll never forget Dan Hicken. Known Dan for 30 years. He's on TV saying, I guess Florida State's going to settle on Mike Norville. They said no to Bob Stoops, Mike Stoots, Amos Amano, Amos Amano Stag, Vince Lombardi, Michael Lombardi, Jason Lockenfora. I mean, they say, he can name like nine guys, James Franklin. So Alabama doesn't want this to happen. Right now, you can make the case they're zero for two after Dan Lanning and Mike Norvell. Uh, this is Bama. You should have people begging to want to go there and coach. So, you know, I would expect some literature here. I would expect an announcement here. Send it out on Twitter. Contract extension, done. Mike Norvell has become the highest paid coach in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Mike Norvell has become one of the highest paid coaches in college football. Announce it! Announce it! Okay? They have the money. I understand Florida State's great at crying poor. They have the money. Pay them. Get the deal done. He's had his best recruiting class. He's putting together another fantastic transfer portal class. Pay him. Jimmy Sexton, this may be a little bit by design. It is the Jimmy Sexton time of year where he's going to get everyone paid. And he's doing that right now. I, I, I do. I believe it. And you'll hear very few people give the opinion that I gave. If he leaves, it's going to be, it's a dream job. You take this job. Mike Norvell did all he could do. He rebuilt Memphis. He, re- he rebuilt Florida State. And Florida State and the Atlantic Coast Conference let him down. See, there's such an easy out. But it's, it's, made of, it's made of balsa wood, right? This whole argument's over. There's a 12-team playoff. It worked for one year. It worked in the final year of the four-team college football playoff. And it crushed Florida State. It crushed them. Just like the bogus rematch in 1996, which never should have been played. I was the only one around here screaming about it, and all the Gator media just ignored it and smiled. Okay? Florida State doesn't have a loud enough voice. There's not enough people like me who, who yell and, and, and want support and try to stand up and take a punch in the face. No. I mean, for crying out loud, they let Joe Tessitore in three days later after he just yelled and screamed that Texas needs to get in and Alabama needs to get in. He walks right into God's country, walks right up there overlooking the stadium at the Doak in Bowden Field. Well, the Tallahassee Cornerback Club is not officially affiliated with Florida State. It's 90% Florida State boosters. What do you think? They bring in people in from Minnesota? 
from Vermont? You think they're flying in from Eugene, Oregon to be a part of the Tallahassee quarterback? They're all Florida State fans. They let Tessator walk right in, and I'm not advocating um, hate. I'm not advocating physical violence, but you think just one. You'd think just one wicked up fan on steak and scotch would stand up and say something. Hey, Joe Tessator, your call against Louisville sucked. From the moment toe hit leather, you buried Florida State. In the propaganda of ESPN, you pumped Alabama and Louisville the entire foot. Not one individual in Tallahassee said a word to Joe. You know what they did? They gave him 50000 bucks, a beautiful hotel room, a first-class flight, and fed him nothing but steak and scotch. So you need more people. They're going to fight for things. And whenever I do this, oh, believe you just hate Florida State. Oh, believe you just No. It's called fighting for something you believe in. It goes back to 96, and it continues to today. Until my final breath on this air, I will call the 1996 National Championship the most tainted event in the history of college football. And to every one of the members of the media in this city, just for one second, ask yourself this on the other foot. What would have happened if Florida went and knocked off number one Florida State, and then all of a sudden they had to turn around and play them again a month later? They would have gone freaking crazy, but it didn't happen that way. So everyone just shut up, except for me. I'll never shut up. If I get fired here, I'll just open up the window in my house, cut my hands and scream like, uh, like Rocky and a yo, Adrian. I'll do it. I prefer to be here for a little bit longer, but you never know. What I do know is this. Opening comments are brought to you by Schmunez Vision. My goodness, I was innocent today. I run a little bit low on contacts. It's a good thing because I have another exam coming up uh, down the road here with Dr. Neil Schmunez. It's located out at the beach, but it's so much more than just going in for an eye examination. We're talking about all sorts of issues, all sorts of things that unfortunately are going to happen to your eyes if they haven't already. Just ask yourself right now, fatigue, where are your eyes now compared to when you got up this morning? Well, it's like the rest of you, right? Your mind's getting tired, your body's getting tired, your eyes are getting tired. Laser eye surgery is a major possibility at Schmunez Vision. Um, It's one of the many things that they offer. We're talking about a high-quality medical and surgical I care practice. Uh, they eight and a half years ago, I had surgery in my right eye. I just went in for an eye examination. Yeah, you know, we're talking sports. Neil and I just going back and forth, talking to, and he's like, "Do you have any issues with your right eye?" I'm like, "No, everything's fine." He's like, "You got a major problem there. It's cancerous. We got to take it out now." The next morning, he was he was scheduled to be off. And he immediately set up an appointment. I had surgery. It's been removed. I didn't even know I had a problem. Okay? Every time I visit him, no setbacks. Everything's fine. But things like this could be happening to you in your eyes. You could have a cataract scenario. So many things that you would never think of. That's why I want you to go to the best in town, a family organization that cares about you and your family. Check them out by going to schmunezvision.com. That is schmunezvision.com. 
care you can say. All right, we got plenty to do here over the next two hours. As always, I invite your input on the text line, 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. We're going to track what's going on tonight. I wouldn't be shocked at all if there's more breaking news. All right, as it stands right now, Alabama in search of their next head coach. Will Mike Norvell go to Alabama? I tend to think he will not. Do I know that for sure? Absolutely, I do not. We'll keep you updated as we go into a Thursday right here on Into the Night. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Days like today, I miss any money. He spent his final days out in Palm Coast, I believe. I know he had a house there. One of the greatest uh, golf ball <clears throat> markers of all time. He just simply had a money sign. Eddie Money. No need to put him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? <clears throat> Not when you can put, uh, I don't know, Devo. Devo in. 5262 <laughs> says Baloo. It says, actually says, Rick, when Norvell, uh, when the Norvell to Alabama rumors started uh, percolating, I thought, are the lambs crying for you now, Baloo? And he puts in parentheses, Carice. Could you really see that happening? That is from Charles. Well, absolutely, I could see it happening. It's Alabama, right? But speaking of the silence of the lambs and Dr. Lecter and evil, this move would be evil. Okay, going to... That school, uh, that would become, if you can't beat them, join them. And again, so many others would just say, oh, shut up. The guy's going to make $12 million now, $13 million. He's going to Alabama. But when they start saying things like he won't be left at the altar now at Alabama, okay, it happened. But it's never going to happen again. Mike Norvell's a smart enough guy. He has to understand that. It's never going to happen that way again with a 12-team college football player. It's not. Did it just happen? Yes. I just can't imagine the conversations he had with the people that he loves and trusts over there. And you're going to turn around and, you know, spit in their face and, and go join Alabama. It, it makes very little sense to me. But we'll see what happens here. All right, tonight's show brought to you by Patriot Roofing Services. Specializing in all types of commercial and residential roofing and repairs, gutters, sun tubes, uh, skylights, 10-year workmanship warranty. Financing is available. No subcontractors. Give my buddy Mark Tizzolo a call, 982-4052. That's 982-4052. And you can check them out as well. Just go to Patriot Roofing online. Again, whether it's uh, residential or commercial, brand new roof or roofing repairs. Go to the best. Patriot Roofing services. When I was going through my divorce, oh God, was that 16, 17 years ago? I don't know. And, you know, the first thing I learned here is just how awful it is for men in, uh, in the state of Florida. If you're going through a divorce, I, w- I was convinced that Nancy Grace <laughs> wrote all divorces in this state. If you've never been divorced, good. If you're unhappily married, let me give you some advice. Stay married, okay? Sleep in different rooms uh, because 
if you care about your kids, you're going to get royally screwed and you're not going to get a chance to see them. And when we were going through it, you know, I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to do the best I can, make everything happy, this and that, this and that. And I remember during the conversation at one point, she says to me, do you hate her yet? And I was like, this is what it's going to come to, isn't it? The only way that you can have a break like this is there is going to be hatred created when it came to the lawyering involved and the state laws in the state of Florida involved. Now, I'm not going to say it ever got to that point, but it, it was a very fair comment. And I'm not going to go through any of the particulars, but again, it's, it's brutal. It is awful if you're a red-blooded male in the state of Florida. Everything favors the woman. Everything favors the lady. This isn't a, uh, a um, you know, this isn't a gender slight or a gender blast. I'm just spitting out the facts. Men get screwed in this state if you go through a divorce. It's the same thing here if Norvell was to go. I mean, this guy put it on his sleeve when he got left. When ESPN announced it, his breakdown, his emotional comments after losing 63-3, to his comments last night after receiving another coaching award, do you just give all that up and go to the other side? I, I have always been a believer that Mike Norvell could leave for another school. And to me, that school was Texas. I tell you all along what I thought would be worse was if we heard Sark is on his way to Alabama. If Steve Sarkeesian becomes the next head coach at Alabama, then I would be much more concerned about Mike Norvell going to Austin, Texas, than I ever was about him going to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, if that makes any sense, because of where Mike Norvell uh, is from. The other side of this with Jimmy Sexton is I, I do get the gamemanship here. Jimmy Sexton is saying, let me take care of this. I'm going to get you paid. Go silent here. Don't say a word. Everyone in the Florida State Nation wants to hear from you. Okay? They want clarity. They want to hear that you're the coach. But I'm trying to get you the best possible contract uh, that I can. So I, I, I think some of this is, uh, is certainly by design. But you also have to remember, and this stuff really gets to me, okay? And I've always been incredibly passionate about it. Uh, Jimbo Fisher... My buddy Pat Kennedy used to do it. He was flirting with St. John's. He was flirting with Seton Hall. He flirted with UNLV. He flirted with Tennessee. And it was like every year Pat's name came up for another job. And, and Pat would find a way to make a little bit more cash. But it was basketball, so it didn't get the play. Right? Bowden interviewed for one job, Alabama in the mid-'80s. And if anyone came calling, it was known. Bobby's not going anywhere. Jimbo Fisher did the same thing. Jimbo Fisher held Florida State hostage several times when he was the coach in waiting, when he was the offensive coordinator. He forced Bowden out. Granted, it was time for Bobby to go. Forced him out. And then did the same thing again. 
Remember, Jimbo, I'm not going to say no to this job because then if I say no to this job, I'm going to have to say no to that job. Jimbo did it forever. Well, Mike Norvell had a perfect opportunity when Jimbo got fired at Texas A&M a couple of months ago. Do you remember his response? I do because my blood was boiling. It was the perfect time for him to say, I love it here. I'm not going anywhere. I love Florida State. But he didn't. Now, maybe he didn't solely on the advice of Jimmy Sexton. Don't publicly say that you love it. I'm trying to get you paid. But he did not deny it, okay? He went down the road, and we're all aware of what he did. So he's doing the same thing right now. And again, I want to believe that it's on the advice of his lawyer. (laughs) Jimmy Sexton could care less what anyone thinks. Jimmy Sexton gets fatter in the month of January and February than any soul on this planet because he gets this coach paid and that coach paid and that coach paid and that coach paid and that coach paid. He makes more money this time of year than he does in the other 11 months of the calendar year. That's why he's the best. So those are my thoughts. It's been a good day. Florida State back at you know, back at it with the, uh, you know, the transfer portal. Uh, Terrence Ferguson today. Uh, again, I was told Mike Norvell had a 4 o'clock meeting to discuss off-season conditioning. He did send out a tweet today. Before that, President Richard McCullough sent out a print an hour ago at 5.30. Uh, to me, those are good signs. Is it desperate? I mean, is the president here like, hmm, man, we may lose him. Let me send out a tweet. No, I don't think so. Now, I may be wrong, but I, I don't think so here. I, I, I don't think that's the way that they are going about this. Okay, I have some good news today. Jags are going to London. They may play two games there. How about that? Huh? They can't win here. So let's go play in freaking London again. And I love the design that came out today by the NFL. It's like, Jacksonville goes every single year, but they can't even give them, you know, the main sole number one A team. They kind of stuck them in as the third team. Another example of the uh, the NFL you know, doing what they always do when it comes to the complete lack of respect for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one shouldn't be a surprise. It's always going to be Jacksonville in London. Apparently, this is a brand new relationship renewed. I was under the impression that this was the final year this past season. Obviously, they've gotten a deal done behind the scenes, and a lot of folks who cover the National Football League and a lot of folks who cover uh, this team are now speculating that for a second consecutive year, Jacksonville is going to stay there for two weeks. They've mentioned teams like Cleveland. They've mentioned teams like Chicago, who are on the Jaguar schedule in 2024. So, there you are again, okay? I mean, I hate it. I don't dislike it. I hate it. There's nothing good about London. Nothing at all. Um, are they going to be out there for two weeks? Are they going to be out there for 10 days? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. But all of a sudden, if you look at it, when, when you get away from the animosity of playing there 
and then you really consider what is happening. And I'm not talking about revenue streams. I'm talking about winning football games. Does it make sense for Jacksonville? They won both games over there, right? They can't win here. <laughs> I mean, I can't explain it. You know, you drop a Monday night football game uh, on them, a Monday night football game, get blown out, or they lose. Sunday night football game, get blown out. I mean, they had primetime opportunities. You have the fans. You had the attention. You had the momentum. You had the support. And you didn't come out and play. So, yeah, I get you're mad, but is this maybe better for this football team to say, hey, let's pack up and go to London? I mean, remember the call last year? It was... um. It was about as weak as anything I've ever heard. I mean, out of everything that happened for the 2023 Jaguars, and there's so much, I think it will be headlined by the word miscommunication. I still can't get over after game three that Doug Peterson had everyone buying that they had to get out of here. That is just so misleading. That is so wrong. No one needs to get anywhere. When you've played three football games, okay? And you lost here in the heat twice. Everything we talk about with the heat, oh, Patrick Mahomes, and can't, they got to come in here and play in the heat. And they screwed it up that day coaching-wise, uh, particularly not helping out Anton Harrison, uh, the rookie at right tackle against Chris Jones. So they screwed all that up. Then they were shocked and beaten by Houston. But it was so yellow, man. We got to get out of here. So, so maybe that's the thinking with this organization now is maybe this puts a little bit more support on if you can't win here, you might as well go and play more football games on the road. Jacksonville more successful away from the bank this past year. Just something to think about. You want to comment on that, you can. All right, 641-1010, best way for you to get on in on our text line. A lot brewing at this particular point. Uh, any thoughts that you may have, 641-1010. That's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. When we come back, more on Alabama. All right, we need to get into Bill Belichick. I mean, who would have thought? Here we are 40 minutes into the show and haven't even talked about Bill Belichick yet because it's just been so crazy with everything that's happening as far as the, uh, the coaching carousel, if you will, throughout both college and pro football. 641-1010. That is our text line that's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. You know, the fans here are amazing. You know, there's so many memories of the fans, the the send-offs, um, the parades, the Sundays, you know, whatever the whatever the situations are. Um, the letters of support, seeing the fans, you know, away from here, you know, the gas station or grocery store, or, you know, where she bump into them. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Fans here are awesome. We love them. We're going to play two games in London, but we love you. Oh, that's the wrong team. I'm sorry. 24 years. Bill Belichick gone. You could see it. If you watched it earlier today, I did. Um, obviously, a rift happened there at the end uh, with Belichick and Kraft. Uh, Belichick was really has been really poor with his draft picks the last several years. 
I mean, it was a time in New England where they couldn't afford to keep first-round picks. They would always trade them. And, you know, in New England, those first-round picks, too, are not Jacksonville first-round picks. You're talking about picks that are way down in the 20s, if not 30, 31, 32. And they still couldn't hang on to them, even during the, you know, rookie slotted system that is uh, today's NFL salary cap. So he is out. He's 15 wins away from passing Don Shula and 347 career victories in the NFL if you do look at the regular season and the playoffs combined. The feeling is it's just a matter of time. There are eight vacancies right now. Well, let's take away New England. That leaves Bill Belichick with seven opportunities. I, uh, do you remember Danny Sheridan? Remember the name? Vaguely. Years ago, he was like one of the first. You know, it was like Jimmy the Greek. Okay, he was a betting guy. Yeah, he was a betting guy, USA Today. Uh, I think I think his downfall was like a bagman story at Auburn. Or I'll have to Google it. But I, I always really liked Danny Sheridan. Back in the day, I used to have him on my radio show quite a bit. I do follow him on Twitter. And last night, he put out something on Belichick about, you know, a mystery. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm like, well, who are you talking about? Who's the mystery team here? You know, is, is it a, a team playing this weekend? Is it a playoff team? You know, could he go to um, Chicago where they don't know what's going on with the quarterback? The Eberflus situation has has not been uh, on solid ground. I mean, that somewhat remains fluid uh, there. I'm just looking at vacancies that are open, though, and, you know. Dallas. Who's got the best quarterback? Well, that was my thought, and that's why I wrote to him last night. I said, is it Dallas? Is it Philadelphia? Is it anyone mm. from – is it anyone that's playing this weekend? I mean, would, he, would you put it by Jerry Jones that if Dallas loses this weekend, he says goodbye and made a run at Bill Belichick? That would be par for the course. For the Cowboys and Cowboys ownership. I mean, I would be shocked if something didn't happen if they lose on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. The Nick Sirianni situation's really interesting. Now, that would be way more shocking to me. Yeah. Like, if the Eagles lost and they fired Sirianni, I, I wouldn't see that one coming. Jerry's been known to do stuff. but They've had a fall that's been similar to Jacksonville in Philadelphia. They just can't get out of their own way. I think he just built up enough with going to the Super Bowl last year. He's probably got a few years safety after that. But it's Philly, so. Hayes Carlon today made a big um, announcement on what about right here? What about in Jacksonville? It, uh, it would take care of a lot of ongoing problems here. I still have reservations about Bill Belichick as a talent evaluator. That's been proven in his last several drafts in New England. Really bad drafts. So I don't think it's uh, two jobs in one. I, I, whether it's here or anywhere else he goes, I, I think he coaches the team. Obviously, a man of that stature is going to have say, uh, have a say in who to bring in, but you know, I thought it was a good point by Hayes. The, the the lack of attention to detail here, the lack of communication was an ongoing problem 
for this football team all year long, and it, it better be one that you are able to fix during the offseason. I, I still think there's a difference with the intimidation, if I, if I can use that, when it comes to Belichick and the fine line of doing your job compared to being a player's coach. Now, maybe Peterson at times does light up the team. I, I heard of one incident. I think motivation is probably the better word. Yeah. Ability to motivate. I've he, always thought about Doug Peterson as like, man, he sucks at that. But like, does to Belichick. Get guys up for the game. I don't know if Belichick's doing that anymore either. But does Belichick motivate with the if you screw up, you're gone, or you screw up, you're fine, or you screw up, you're benched? I don't know. Yeah, like more intimidation, yeah. I mean, this guy may have lost the Super Bowl to Philadelphia because he sat down Malcolm Butler. Think about how – think about what, what must have really happened there. That's one of the great untold stories since the turn of the millennium in the National Football League. You dressed him. You didn't scratch him. You dressed him. And then you just kept him on the sideline. And it's, it's almost to the point where 90 minutes before a kick, you have to announce your team. It, it almost feels like he got new information after he announced that he was going to play that. I mean, why would you, why would you keep him on the roster and then not play him? It, so, yeah, there's massive ego. I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I can't see it happen here, obviously, for – for reasons that we've talked about. I mean, I I, I think Shad Khan's okay. I do. I think he's fine. I think he's looking at this as a 9-8 and eight team that had incredible injuries, incredible amounts of injuries, including to his quarterback. Do, do, do I support that way of thinking? No, I don't. But that would be my belief that that is the way uh, that he is thinking, right? Uh, Doug Peterson, I would keep around for at least one more year. I would have moved on from Trent Baalke. I would have moved on, obviously, from Press Taylor. I know there's been a lot of rumors out there and a lot of stuff that's being said that maybe Trevor and Press, that they aren't eye-to-eye on all this. I I have no... um, I, you know, I, I can't come out and say I, I know that that is the case because I don't. But it's, it's there, right? It's been planted. Um, so that is concerning. But, yes, that, that is something that is absolutely going to have to change this year. There, there has to be better leadership. There has to be better communication. It really fell apart you know, for this football team. And that can't happen at the professional level. It just can't. So let me know. Let me know what you think. Where is Bill Belichick going to go? Would you like to see him uh, with a young quarterback like uh, Will Levis in Tennessee? I just assume keep him out of the division. Now, I did go back and forth with um, some folks from New England a little bit earlier today. It's, the feeling out there is that it's going to be Mike Vrabel. Okay? It's really a, two t- uh, a two-guy race. Jared Mayo. And Mike Vrabel uh, taking over. Two defensive-minded coaches once again. And who's the last offensive-minded coach that New England has had? Uh, Raymond Berry 
they've gone from Bill Parcells to Pete Carroll to Bill Belichick to now either Mike Vrabel or Jared Mayo. I mean, it's defense, 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 defense. Trying to think back, um, I can't remember if Ron Earhart was an offensive or defensive one. Uh, Dick McPherson, the late Dick McPherson. We happened to be in New England when he passed, and I remember talking with Doug Marone about that because Doug played for Dick, Mc, Dick McPherson at Syracuse, and unfortunately he did pass while we were in New England. Uh, that, was the, that was the day of the, uh, was it the Brandon Albert? Was he the one who went AWOL? When we actually heard oh. from Coughlin. Remember they made the run at the left tackle, and then he just like, Jacksonville, no, nah, I'm good. We haven't heard a peep from Brandon Albert since that day. Since he just said, you know what, A-W-O-L, I'm out. Has anyone ever heard a word from Brandon Albert since that day? Yes, unfortunately, he's been arrested. Ooh. Uh, he got tased by the cops in Georgia. <laughs> um, he, yeah, so his quote was, God has blessed me with so much through football that I thought would never be attainable. It's truly been a blessing. I cherish all the relationships and people I have encountered while playing in the NFL. After spending just over a week retired, Albert expressed interest in returning to the NFL and the Jaguars, um, but they moved him to the left team list. I have a quote here. <laughs> I didn't know that was the list. <laughs> quote, yeah. left team list. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. I have a quote here from Brandon Albert. Don't tase me, bro. Yeah. I mean, I. so he got arrested with what yeah, um, he punched a large hole in a display cabinet at a jewelry store in Georgia in February of 2018. Oh, who doesn't do that? He had entered an area that was for staff only, then asked to leave, after which he punched a cabinet. The police were called, and Albert was tased twice. After their arrest, he reached a deal where he paid for damages and pledged 40 hours of community service. I wonder what a taser deal. I mean, it's just for like a big guy like that, sometimes it doesn't really do yeah, much. Yeah, but what is it? Is it like a shock? That's what I. You know. Yes. You and don't. You don't get it here much, but I used to get it in Chicago, all the time. Maybe. I, maybe you don't get it here. Maybe I have wood floors in my place, except for upstairs in my bar. But when <laughs> like up, when when you have like a hoodie on and you zap your hand yeah. on like the door well, handle, you, it's. It's worse than that. Well, you get a lot of times when you have rugs. All the, I get it here at work, like, all the time. I used to get it in Chicago. It's, it'd be like, you know, you just kind of moseying through there. All of a sudden, it's like, and it I really lights a I charge put, in your if body. If I put, like, a hoodie on, I shock everything around here at work. But, yeah, it's, I would say, a, a little worse than that. I, I, there was one point in Chicago where I was cutting the lawn. And, now this isn't going to be the gross story when I ran over the the the, uh, the baby rabbits. I hated. That. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that, that was awful. I I really was like uh, uh, Doctor Lecter and Clarice. It was an awful story. I still have nightmares about it. They're kind of hidden, you know. They're like underground. They're hidden, and I didn't know what to do. It's like they're suffering. You know what do you do? You just can't let them suffer. You got to finish the deal. So my kids go inside. But anyway. So I'm having a massive problem with my lawnmower. You know, I was married at the time, so I, I'm like, I have my wife, like, hold, you know, hold on to the, you know, the little switch that you, you bring down that keeps the motor running. And I went to go, f- like, fix, um, I don't know what it's called, the adapter to the spark plug. 
And while <laughs> while I was running, I did it. And I got a shock, man. I'm telling you. You got electrocuted. That's more than a shock. You remember those old cartoons where, like, the heart literally comes out of the body? and go- That happened to me, bro. For, like, 30 seconds, it was the most. Scary. The scariest thing that ever happened to me. But then when I knew I was coming back to life and I knew I was going to survive it, it was like, this is like heroin, oh, man. I, I this is do like it a, again. This is like Chicago speedball. It's called, <laughs> it's called grabbing the spark plug while the lawnmower is still running. That's it, why like people like skydiving or uh, who are the guys that are free? They, they like climb mountains without any ropes. Mm-hmm. It's because when you're that close to death, Run with you the bulls. Feel something exactly. Yeah, you don't have you don't have to go to those places. Just <laughs> go again. to certain neighborhoods in Jacksonville. Grab a grab a spark plug when the <laughs> when the lawnmower's running, and you'll be good. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM. Ah yes, lawyers. So much love. I've been looking for this Warren Zevon book. I haven't been able to find it. Um, apparently, there was a lot of interesting things that he was a part of, as far as conspiracies and beliefs. And uh, For starters, I could care less about rock and roll and, and political stuff, but I think it's more than that, from what I understand with Warren Zevon. It goes a lot deeper. And uh, I'm told it's a pretty good read. I haven't been able to find it. So if you have that Warren Zevon copy, I'd love to read it. Uh, we have breaking Jags news. Okay. Um, this is from Mike Rothstein. He says, according to a source, the Falcons have blocked defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen from interviewing for the Open Jaguars DC job. So another guy blocked from being interviewed with Jags. I think that's 0 for 3. Everrow in Carolina. Uh some believe Patrick Graham with the Vegas. And who'd you just say one more time? I'm sorry. Ryan Nielsen. Okay. Ryan Nielsen. Hmm. From Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to believe Les, Leslie Frazier. And you don't have to announce that you're interviewing him. <clears throat> you don't have to ask anyone for. Because um, he doesn't have a job. Yeah, you don't have. It's kind of like the pursuit of Peterson. A year ago, or two years ago, it would Leslie Frazier no longer no longer under contract, and that whole deal with uh, Wink Wink Martindale is, um, you know, he was owed three million. He gives it back, but now he's free to go anywhere, and I I think he's going to be a, an incredibly hot commodity, as far as he won't be out of work long. I would think it will happen this week, if not next week. For him to get a new job. Get a lot of response on skydiving and facing death. Um, as the late Lacey Underalls used to say, she passed this weekend going to bullfighting on acid. Uh, I just, I've never been able to get <clears throat> doing things like that. Although earlier in my life, I guess I did. We used to climb these trees right outside of Boston. I mean, we would go 30, 40, 50 feet. I mean, these are huge oak trees, I guess. Or, I don't know, I've never been a tree guy. Okay? Um, 
whatever they were. But you would go so high up that you could see the city. And, I mean, God forbid, if you slipped and fell, it was over. You were done. And we were kids and we would do this. But I, I just don't understand getting in a shark tank, right? Skydiving, rock climbing. M- maybe it is the ultimate high. But to me, it's kind of like, all right, if it's, if, if, if it's a life or death situation, sure, I'm going to parachute. But there's no need for me to go up and do it. You know, um, sharks are my biggest phobia. People are like, oh, man, I tell you what, you know, you go to, you go to Australia, you go to South Africa, or I guess you're not allowed to do it here in the United States of America. You go somewhere and you, you get in the cage and yep. you get down and you see the great white sharks and it eliminates your fear. And I'm like, well, I don't need to eliminate my fear. I don't even go in the water. Why in the hell do you want me to go into a shark tank and go down to where the sharks are? Um, That's their spot. Mm-hmm. You're asking for it at that point. Just never been able to get that side of it. But, uh, you know, people get their, you know, get adrenaline or whatever it may be by doing things uh, differently. I've just never been able to understand. Those people don't use drugs or alcohol. That side of it. (laughs) I think that's got to be it. 68-18 Blue. Hire Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and Mike Vrabel. (laughs) I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that McDaniels could go with Belichick as bad as Josh McDaniels has been as a head coach. He's been a good offensive coordinator under Bill Belichick. Mike Vrabel's going to get a head coaching job. Now, I know that's gone around the last couple of days. Call Mike Vrabel. I, it, I just don't think so. He, he's going to be a head coach. I mean, you have eight vacancies right now. I guess for him, seven. He's obviously not going back to Tennessee. But I, you know, I can't see that be in the case whatsoever uh, when it comes to him. Uh, I got a few more here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yada, 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 yada. Well, I don't know if I want to do that right now. Uh, that's, that's changing things up uh, just a little bit. Uh, some of these, I mean, are good. They're all good, but I just don't feel like that is what we need to do. Uh, getting a little bit more specific. On uh, on what happens uh, when you touch a a spark plug, which I I think is pretty interesting. Uh, don't don't know what you mean by this. All right, uh, here's more on the Florida State deal. Um, Baloo, I'm happy as a Gator fan with Mike Norvell in Tallahassee. My biggest fear is Deion Sanders going to Florida State. I understand that fear. Anyone who can prognosticate that would happen with Deion Sanders at Florida State, uh, good luck to you. Because I think you can write that script basically anyway. Could be 0-11 or 11-0. I had so many people say to me, if Deion Sanders was a coach at Florida State and they were 13-0, and there is no way that Florida State would have been left out of the college football playoff. And my answer to that was, you're right, but... If Deion Sanders was a head coach at Florida State, they never would have been 13-0. and zero. You know? They, they, they might have been 8-5. and five. They might have been 9-4. and four. Deion Sanders is not a good coach. I'm not saying he can't become a good coach. Mike Norvell, when he came to Florida State, wasn't a good coach. You become better in this profession. 
I remember Nick Saban losing here in 2007 to Bobby Bowden. Right? Remember that game played here in Jacksonville? Alabama and, and Florida. Coaches become better the longer they are in their system, when they get their players. You know, and, and there's been processes where teams have been able to take advantage of talent that was left behind. Uh, we were talking about Larry Coker the other night. Talent that was left behind. See, it feels like Miami, didn't matter who the coach was, they always left more talent. Barry Switzer, Jimmy Johnson, the Dallas Cowboys, left talent for Barry Switzer when he won it in, in Dallas. Um, Nick Saban, talent he left for less miles when he wanted LSU. Yes. People talk about uh, Tomlin, Tomlin's Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Being Bill Cowers, sort of. You know, people talk yeah. about uh, uh, Tony Dungy sort of leaving a, a great team for Gruden in Tampa. That's a popular one. It's fair. Coaching is so important, and it's so hard to figure out. It really, I mean, I noticed Kevin Steele retired after 40 years. You know, I've always been connected to Florida State. I remember when the thinking was he was the heir apparent, Kevin Steele. Remember that? Some old school, a while. Yeah, some old school Florida State fans will remember that. It's like, do they promote Mickey Andrews, or has it become Kevin Steele? And, you know, here we are talking about Tommy Reese. Um Think of some of the co- – remember a couple of years ago with Flip, the offensive coordinator here? He's a head coach in the waiting. He was part of that threesome with uh, Frank Reich and Doug Peterson in Philadelphia, and he came here and he called plays, and like basically every other offensive coordinator, he failed here. And now you don't hear a peep. I mean, it, it feels like your time can come and your time can go when you're trying to move up that ladder, it, for the most part, once you get there, you have an ability to stick a few times, unless it's just a disaster like Willie Taggart. You know what Willie Taggart's doing right now? He's a running backs coach in the for the Ravens? Yes. Um, all right, John Filippo is currently the head coach for the Memphis Showboats of the United Football League. There you go. <laughs> Look, Ma, I made it. I mean, he his name was being sprinkled around. That's a great team. Remember when this organization got rolling? Coughlin kept losing offensive and defensive coordinators. He would lose Kevin Gilbride. He'd lose Chris Palmer. He'd lose uh, Dom Capers. Capers started in Carolina. He'd lose Dick Geron, right? You'd lose... You were thought of as when's the last time there's been a coach around here who was thought of? Todd Wash wasn't thought of. Um, Before this season, people were talking about Press Taylor. I still think he's got all the makings of a of a head coach. If you were to seriously, he's great at the press conference, right? Uh, despite as bad as things were this year, if. We were to lay down a future, and the question is, will Press Taylor become a head coach in the National Football League someday? I'm going to say yes to that question. I mean, how old is he? He's got to be, what, mid-30s? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, press is only 35. He's 35 years of age. Offensive coordinators go all over the place. It may not work for him. Right now, I, I got to believe that the betting public is going to be for him to fail in 2024. Right? But what if it all comes together? What if Jacksonville is healthy? What if Trevor Lawrence is healthy? What if this football team uh, takes a step forward in, in a year in which you have to believe that this is it? That's going to be – I don't know if I want to say the unwritten rule. I, I think it becomes much more than that. I think it becomes hot seat, Right? When they start creating that list, you're not going to do it now. You have eight vacancies in the NFL, and you could have more after wild card weekend. But when we have all the hires for general managers and coaches and coaches put together their staffs, and then you get through free agency in the draft, and all of a sudden we get into the, the summer and where you, know, you have camps, and then all of a sudden they're going to create a list, right? Coaches who will enter on the hot seat. I mean, every year. At a minimum, you're you're at five or six coaches. We've had it as high as nine recently. Heck, we got eight right now. I know I just said that, but it's nuts. Eight of 32 coaches would possibly more to come. Doug Peterson's going to enter this year on the hot seat. He's on it. His entire staff's on it. And you know, I think that's one of the the aspects of why Trent Bulky has not been fired. You don't want to fire Trent Bulky, then hire a general manager and have Doug Peterson there as the lame duck. Because regardless of what is said in the interview process, a new general manager is going to have his own thoughts on how to make this team get better. He's going to have his own, every general manager or assistant general manager or a head of pro player personnel or a head of college scouting when they go through that dream scenario of if I ever become an NFL general manager, here's my short list. So whatever it is that you bring in, they're going to want to bring in their own guy. So that's why you don't do this. But this year, it has to be if you win and go into the playoffs, have a great year, okay, everything stays as is. But if you fall apart and you lose, then you just blow the entire thing up. And I don't know this. This is my guess as to one of the reasons why, you know, Shad Khan elected to stay with Trent Bulky for at least one more year. All right, much more to do. Rafael Espars is 20 minutes away. Let's check the money on Wild Card Weekend. Let's get the latest on the odds from him as well on what's going on at Alabama. In the meantime, 641-1010. More of your thoughts on our text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You know, I um, was on the uh, on the verge of talking just about how incredibly difficult it is uh, to be a coach, to be a manager. And, and I think nowadays even more than, than ever because, you know, I think the respect has left. Right. Um, today's athletes do not respect the founding fathers. They they don't respect 
their coach or manager the way that they once did. And if anyone was to disagree with me, just let me tell you right now, you're wrong. Okay, that's true. That, that is today. But we're always, we're so quick to fire. And I'll bring up Tampa Bay. I'll bring up the Rays. You know, those early years with Joe Madden. And they stuck with him. And, and granted, maybe they did it because they were cheap, because they were drawing 15000 But all of a sudden, Joe Madden started winning games. Kevin Cash. It, you know, the, there's a couple of, of, of good examples right there. I, I, I'm getting Doug's got to go. This guy makes a point here now. Doug needs to stay. He's brought a winning culture. He's won nine games in two consecutive years. Look at his franchise prior. And, and I'm with you with that. It doesn't matter who the coach is. I think there's a time where fans are like, fire him. Here's one from Dabble Sweeney at Clemson. He replaced Tommy Bowden, right? Early on, we had the whole Clemsoning situation um, there with the Tigers. Florida State fans don't want to admit it, but I remember so many of you wanted this man fired after the Jacksonville State loss. And if you don't want to admit it now, fine. There's no reason that you have to. You're a fan. But many of you said it. Right? You said it. And you're saying it now about Billy Napier. You said it about Al Golden. You said it about Manny Diaz. You're going to say it, if, and you already have Mario Cristobal. I mean, we're so quick to hire and fire. Coaches do become better the longer they're there, the longer they can employ their system with their recruits. Now, I think it's harder today with the portal, but that's why this is so amazing that we have said goodbye to Bill Belichick. We've said goodbye to Nick Saban. We've said goodbye to... Pete Carroll, the, the one that sticks out to me that is really the biggest surprise, J.J., is Tennessee saying goodbye to Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is a really good coach. And they don't have, like, a guy waiting in the wings ready to take over that's, like, a seemingly better option. Another guy I was thinking of, John Harbaugh. Or, uh, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, every Michigan fan and media Type oh, yeah. it seemed like they wanted him fired after that COVID season. You know they they skipped out on even playing Ohio State. I don't know if you remember that. That season was so weird. No, yeah. uh, but yeah, everybody was like, "All right, Jim, it's time to go. You haven't won anything. You've been here seven years or whatever it was." Um, but it just shows if you have a little bit of patience, it can pay off. But I I'm a hypocrite. I mean, I'm one of those guys that. When Mario doesn't kneel the ball against Georgia Tech, I'm calling for his job. You know, that's just it's part of being a fan. Yep. And and totally illogical statements and tweets and, and 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 yeah, I mean Willie Tiger, they blew that lead and he was. I mean, it, it was losing to the U. Uh, and 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 that happens here. It happens Florida State, Miami. It happens Florida State, Florida. But you mentioned Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, that was the whole deal with Lloyd Carr and John Cooper. You couldn't lose to one another. Then all of a sudden, Trestle comes in after Cooper. And then Urban Meyer. I mean, look at the success that Ohio State had. And, you know, early on, as you pointed out, Harbaugh could not beat, could not beat Ohio State. Now it's the opposite. People were like, 
you know, Day loses one game, and they're like, oh, we got to get him out of yeah. here. Yeah. You can't beat Ohio. You can't beat Michigan. Well, look at the number three team in that conference. Penn State. James Franklin and Penn State cannot be the top ten team. They can't beat Ohio State and Michigan. And I think he has maybe one win against them combined. Those numbers are are beginning to pile up. I mean, the, the biggest travesty of, of all, and I, I lose my mind about it every October, look at Tennessee against Florida and Alabama. I, I think it's legitimately like 28 of the last 30 now. If you look at both schools who they face every single year, yeah, Tennessee got them last twice year. a year ago, two years ago. Right, the last second field goal uh, in that thriller against uh, against uh, Bama. Did Tennessee get him this year too? No. Yeah, the, the Tennessee uh, Bama only lost once this year. That was to uh, to Texas. It was a year prior to that. And Michigan, yeah, they lost to Tennessee. Yeah, it was like fifty two forty nine or something. Mm-hmm. Crazy game, and I think that was the first time that Tennessee beat. Yeah, Saban. Florida owns Tennessee. Oh yeah, which has got to be just so incredibly awful. And you know, Florida the, even beat them this year. Oh yeah, oh, uh, there's no doubt. And and you know, listen, Florida, Florida State, and Miami have all had down periods, but check it out. Look at a Florida State Florida rivalry. Look at a Florida State Miami rivalry. It's nothing like Tennessee against Florida and Tennessee against Alabama. I mean. You don't have those pockets like the uh, like like is uh, happened there. It's a uh, no. It's Florida nuts. State beat Miami like seven straight, and then Miami beat Florida State seven straight. I think the overall is within one or two games. It is. I think it's thirty two thirty one now. Yeah. Hey, we need to take a break and get caught up. Rafael Espars on the other side. Let's check the money. Let's ring up another guest on the All Pro Roofing phone line. Vegas, baby, Vegas. All right, Rafael Esparza in 30 seconds. There is a story breaking Yahoo Sports, and this is not good news for Florida State. The NCAA, significant penalties against Florida State for NIL recruiting violations. I didn't know it was such a thing, but apparently there is, and uh, they're citing Alex Atkins and FSU. We'll get to that in just a couple of minutes, but right now, Let's bring in our friend, Rafael Esparza. So, uh, once this story hits everyone, although you folks in Vegas may already be aware of it, I would expect the odds to increase here from Mike Norvell to Alabama. Uh, yes, uh, we heard that. We heard when they, we found out this afternoon that Florida State was in NCAA trouble. NIL was a, probably the farthest thing in my head. And then when I heard the story break in, uh, that kind of shocked me. So th- I, I still think Kellen DeBoer is who they really want, but uh, Mike Novell is probably maybe maybe making some phone calls. Yeah, I know we texted earlier, and at one point it looked like you were going to take it down, um, but it is back up. W- what's the latest now as far as the odds with Bama? Yeah, we pretty much <clears throat> we were hearing late last night that uh, they were going for landing, and uh, landing accepted the phone call, so that's when we took it down, but. Uh, he, he turned it down and we put it back up and I, I still think it's a three team race to board Novell and maybe Sarkeesian. Uh Everyone else. I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, I, I think it's those three people who are going to be the next Alabama head coach. 
Where are the odds on Bill Belichick? Uh, nowhere to be found for an Alabama job or just in general? Just in general in the NFL, yeah. Uh, uh, he's a 100 to 1 for the Alabama job, but uh, it's, it's Atlanta's even money right now. I, that's, the, that's the most sharp. Everyone thinks, what about the Chargers? I heard the Chargers are full press on Jim Harbaugh. I, I, I think Belichick's going to be maybe turned a lot of heads if people, he's going to want to DMJ. He's got more than once the head coach job. I think that's going to turn off. Don't sleep on Cowboys or Eagles. I think one of those two teams loses this week, and maybe one of those two teams uh, make a phone call for Belichick. Mm, now we're thinking alike here. Yeah, I made that point um, a little bit earlier last night as well as uh, today. Interesting there. All right, Harbaugh to L.A., Vrabel to New England, Belichick to Atlanta? That's what we're hearing. Uh, that's where it's a perfect spot for him. All he has to do is just – get a quarterback where he couldn't get one in New England, but he's got the PC. He's got a running back, tight end, good defense, a division that can easily be won. Uh, Saints going backwards, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and Carolina is probably four or five years uh, in competitive. So I, I like the Atlanta spot for him. Six wild card weekend or six wild card games on tap this weekend. Has there been one that is, you know, stuck out among the others where most of the money is gone? Lately, it's been all Kansas City. They're saying uh, with the cold and every time you refresh your screen, a Miami Dolphins guy's not playing or just got hurt. So uh, grab Kansas City now because this will be five and a half, maybe close to six uh, when they kick off on Saturday at Peacock. Hopefully the Swifties are purchasing their Peacock channel now. What about the money on Philadelphia, Tampa Bay? It's all Tampa. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be begging for Philly, uh, for Philly Monday. Coming in on Monday, I have a feeling right now. And people are taking Tampa money line. They're not even taking a plus three. They're like, oh, we think Tampa Bay and Baker uh, can beat this Eagles team. that's just been awful. Quarterback has not thrown a pass uh, all week long. Uh, their wide receiver cannot, it's also hurt. It's all Tampa Bay money. And I'm hoping it is. I like Evans. I like the story of Tampa Bay with Baker. Uh, I, I think Tampa Bay wins that game. All right, Raphael, tell us what's going on in my bookie and mybookie.org. A lot of fights have been announced. We've got uh, everything else that's happening here in the world of sports as well. Yeah, we got fights being announced, old men, people retiring. Uh, got to do a whole bunch of coaching stuff, wild card weekend, UFC's back into action, full slate of college hoops, NBA, NHL. Uh, it's just crazy time over at my bookie. So it's a perfect time to sign up and start the new year, 2024, with some wild card winners. Raphael, always a lot of fun. Thank you. Have a great uh, rest of the week. Take it easy. Have a great weekend. All right. There he goes. This is Raphael Esparza with MyBookie and MyBookie.org. Real quick, uh, Yahoo Sports uh, saying that uh, the NCAA is expected to uh, throw significant penalties at FSU, one of its NIL collectives and a booster, as well as an assistant coach, NIL-related recruiting violations and the most serious and unprecedented sanctions handed down in the first two and a half years of the NIL. Uh, of course, a lot of these sources are anonymous sources that are rolling in, but it does cite Florida State assistant coach and offense coordinator Alex Atkins is found to have committed two level two violations, which include impermissible recruiting activity and facilitating impermissible contact with an NIL-related booster. Atkins, yeah. They said he drove uh, the kid and his family to a boost or to a NIL thing. 
Mm. Yeah, allegedly recruit for two years. The Rising Spear meeting. Rising Spear, he drove a prospect to the meeting. As part of the penalty, Alkins will be spending for the first three games of 2024, given a two-year show cause, and that requires Florida State um, to explain everything to the NCAA officials as to what he did and uh, what have you. Uh, It goes on to say it's the first type of penalty in the NIL era. Uh, the school must disassociate with NIL collective representative, uh, let's see, uh, with this NIL collective for a term of three years. Wow. School must also uh, also disassociate from the NIL collective for one year as well. I don't know what that means. Three years and then school. Oh, the school. Okay. So not just football, but anything else associated with that collective. Uh, Yahoo Sports also goes on to say other penalties uh, do include two years of probation. Are you kidding me? Scholarship reductions of five over the next two academic years, a reduction of seven in uh, inofficial visits for 2023-2024, prohibition on recruiting communication for six weeks over the next two academic years, including the week of January 12th through the 18th. Hmm, that's next week. I guess that begins tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Uh, prohibition of communication with athletes in the transfer portal from April 15th to April 21st. That's not good. I would imagine that's right when the second wave begins and Florida State will go a week without being able to communicate. A reduction of 18 evaluation days in the spring. A financial penalty of 1% of the athletic department's budget. I mean, I, I thought maybe they'd send the NCAA. They still in, they used to be in Overland Park, Kansas. They still in Indianapolis. I thought maybe they'd yeah. send them over to Chicago for a weekend, not Hawaii. 1%. All right. Anything else that you saw here that we can add to it? Um, no, you got the basics. The NCAA is just so annoying with this. I I mean, he drove a guy to a a booster meeting. They, there has to be more <laughs> than driving someone to a I booster meeting. I mean, I know that they're supposed to be – the NIL is supposed to be completely separate from the coaches, from the university, all that. So if you have a coach – you know, just taking you to the play. I get why it's a rules violation, but I mean, why do we even care what the NCAA says now, anyways? That's that's all I say. Well, we'll see what happens as far as the appeal process. Obviously, their lawyers are busy. They're smack dab in the middle of trying to get out of the Atlantic Coast Conference and force their way out of the grant of rights. And, um, you know, timing is everything in life. And for Florida State, the timing of this is not good. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. And the lot is full right now. 23s, brand new 24s are in at Key Buick GMC. I love my Key GMC Sierra truck, and as well the GF with her Buick Enclave, which is also uh, purchased right there. Uh, from Key, I you know a few years ago got my uh, my oldest daughter a used car uh, from Key. Uh, sadly, she's now uh, in Paris, 
Okay, but uh, wish her the best, and I miss her. But you can still, whether it's a used car, brand new car, no matter what it is, right across the street from Tinseltown, Southside and Gay. All right, everything's been on Norvell. That's all the rage. Uh, we'll see what happens. This latest story here with the NCAA violation can't help. Uh, for the record, I still think he is going to stick on as the Florida State coach. I do not know that. I do think Bill Belichick deserves special recognition in today's world where coaches are basically hired to be fired. Okay? I remember kind of a um, – no, nah, never mind. I'm not even going to bring that up. It wouldn't do any good. But it just – Someone I had talked with a few years back who said, hey, man, in this business, you're hired uh, to be fired. And Belichick defied us all, you know, 24 years, not to say he didn't go through um, criticism and that there weren't issues with him about how successful he was and why so successful he was. Still an unbelievable run. I think he'll get back in. He's 15 wins away from breaking Don Shula's all-time mark of 347 wins. I hope he doesn't come to the AFC South. Okay, but I think you'll absolutely see Bill Belichick as a head coach in the NFL in 2024. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Hack, here we are again. We're in the offseason, another boring day in the world of sports. Unbelievable. I mean, you thought yesterday was crazy. Today's even crazier with... Obviously, Bill Belichick and now the stuff going on with Florida State that broke tonight. You got deafening silence by Mike Norvell amidst all the Alabama rumors. And I got Florida State alumni uh, buddies of mine that are already clamoring for Deion Sanders to be the replacement when Mike Norvell goes to Tuscaloosa. Rick, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, still, I, I don't think he's there yet. I, I'd make the run at Lane Kiffin. I would, although we don't know what his buyout is there. The the state law in Mississippi, it's private. It's not like a lot of these public ones. So yeah, the Dion thing, I just with everything that they're doing, now they gotta fight the NCAA. They're already fighting the ACC in the grant of rights. How much is it gonna cost to bring in Dion and then just the the massive circus that'll be in Tallahassee? I almost think it's like a year too soon, two years too soon. I, I, if Mike Norvell was to take a job, let's say he goes to Texas in two years. All right, I think that would be the place for him. And, and that would always scare me more. If Sarkeesian goes to Bama, I think there's more of a chance of Norvell going to Texas, and I do actually think of him going to Alabama. But I, I want to see Deion Sanders coach a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, five wins his first year in a Power Five there with Colorado. where They were 3-0, and I think, and they went 2-7 and down the stretch. Uh, but the, the Norvell thing, look, Dan Lanning came out on social media today and said, I'm staying because his name was linked to it. I got Florida State buddies asking me, well, if Norvell is staying, why is there so much silence in Tallahassee? Well, I mean, look, if you're in demand, you know, you're going to use that to your advantage. I'm sure Norvell's agent, whether he's interested in Alabama or not, Jimmy Sexton saying, yeah, don't say anything. Let's. Maybe renegotiate that contract here in Tallahassee. I wonder if they were aware that this was coming. I remember the tainted title, the 93 um, Foot Locker, doing a show. and Would that be Free Shoes University? A blind call. A, a, a phone. Back then, all you did was take calls. I got a call saying, you know, on like a Monday or whatever. Um, 
coming out in the next day or two days. I don't remember when Sports Illustrated was released. Hell, it might have been the Friday before. I don't remember exactly when it was. But I was told it was going to happen. And back then, we had, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have computers. We had nothing. And it, and it happened. And, and when he was telling this to me, I was almost like I'm getting pranked here. Mm-hmm. Because I was getting free shoes as a bartender at Docs, and 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 Randy, my old buddy, ended up taking his life. It wasn't because of this, but it was so true. And he came and he handed me the list, and I remember meeting with the late Bob Goyne and and Wayne Hogan, and presenting to him exactly who had been given these free shoes and everything that was gonna. So they knew about it based on that phone call, and then me being able to produce the piece of paper, well, the whole world has changed from that being 1994 when it actually came out to right now where I got to believe that they had to have had some wind that some of this stuff was coming. Yeah, and I got to look more into it. Level 2 violations, again, I don't know the difference between Level 1, Level 2. Apparently, it involved a recruit, an NIL, and driving the recruit to see an NIL booster. I mean, it literally has come out within the last 30 minutes. I know you've gone over it. Uh, But clearly, what has been a bad uh, five- or six-week period for Florida State does not appear to be getting any better tonight. Now, it almost feels like I'm at the point now where I'm going to give up sports and ask if I can get on now here at midnight and just do nothing but late-night classic rock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's good, man. I, th- I think there might and be just a spot give, for that. Just give up sports. Between yeah. Florida State and Jacksonville, I mean, can it get any worse than what we have seen in hey, the last six weeks? Your Boston Bruins are doing pretty well. <laughs> yes, they are. And they got a late night game in Vegas. But my divorce is still ongoing. What do you got coming up? Yeah, today? a lot of Jaguars. Former Jaguar Leon Searcy is going to join me as he does every week. Our guy Chad Forbes at NFL Draft Bites on Twitter. He doesn't sugarcoat a whole lot, so he'll give you his thought on the Jaguar collapse, and boy, my wife took the Bill Belichick news hard this morning. She's a New England diehard, and she'll make her Hacker After Dark debut tonight. Oh, We'll get Heidi on and get her thoughts on the end of an era up there in Foxborough. There you go. It wasn't a long press conference. I, I did watch it at high noon earlier uh, today. All right, have a lot of fun with that. Thanks, Rick. That's it for Hacker. We're with you tomorrow night, our final show of the week, 6 to 8 on a Friday. And uh, who knows? I mean, with everything that's happened this week, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Coming up in just 22 hours. Thank you to Rafael Esparza. Again, I don't check the text line now that the show is over. So if you want to get a hold of me, please do so on Twitter. That is Blue1010XL. For JJ LaSalva, my name is Rick Ballou. We will talk Friday at 6 o'clock on your home of the Jaguars.